Oh, well, hello, the internet, and welcome to season 94, episode 3 of the Daily Zeitgeist, a production of I Heart Radio. And look, this is a podcast we do every day where we take a bone saw, code open the top of America's skull, look in there, look at the brain, look at the soul, and then say off the rip, fuck Coke Industries and fuck Fox News, aka the new NRA, actually, if you listen to half the talking points they have. Uh, it's Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. My name is Miles Gray, uh, aka the Tuscan Toker, and I would like to thank Paul Garaventa for that short aka. I know it wasn't a full-on Hall and Oates song, but you know, that speaks to my heart uh, when I talk about it. And I won't get into Tuscany quite yet. Maybe later. Uh, and also, I just want to mention, uh, rest in peace to Toni Morrison, a great author. Um, and she will be very missed. She was 88 years old. If you are not familiar with Toni Morrison's work, uh, go go try it. Go try it out. Go If you haven't read Beloved, read it. Great stream of consciousness, right? Um, anyway, let's get to the guest host. Because as you know, daddy's gone. So the sub is bringing in his weird friends that he works on weird trucks with out back. And his first guest co-host today is none other than one of the faces on Mount Zeitmore. Welcome, Billy Wayne Davis. Hey, guys. It's good to be here. I I like the Tuscan Toker. I'll Thank be, you. I can be your midnight Toker. All right. And like you can that. be the, what, Tennessee Toker? Oh, I like that, yeah. too. I was See? the Tennessee Toker. A lot of alliterative AKAs. Um, and we are thrilled to be joined by another legend of the show frequent guest but not frequent enough i may say myself please welcome the hilariously talented uh and just overall you know i've actually learned a lot of things about how you interact with your dog that i've taken on with my dog (laughs) amazing dog parent caitlin gill that's me caitlin guilty pleasure you know i used to be like when my dog would bark i'd be like hey come on now come on and i saw you one time talk to your dog where you say i know what you're doing i said i get you you want to protect yeah. And you were understanding. Yeah. And I was I created a debate between my animal. And I picked that up from you. I just want to tell you I picked that up. I like it. It's a method I use now. Well, thank you. I always tell her uh, she's not crazy. She's just wrong. <laughs> she's right. There is a noise. Yeah, there is. Right. But exactly. she is wrong. She does not need to. There's worry no about danger. It. Right. There, I'm like, fine. we're all good. That's what the I say. I'm like, I'm like, thank you. Yeah, you did your job. purpose. You but did you know the thing. what? We're good. Thank but you also shut right. up. Yeah. Thanks. Also, yeah. And it's very jarring when I'm smoking weed and watching 90 Day Fiance when you're barking all the time. Uh, and well, it's yes, that we're talking to major hot lips who are in their dog. That's my recognizing the breed. Yeah. And LA is the, I think, the mecca of not recognizing dog oh, breeds. Oh, man. There are so what many huskies wandering around the city. Huskies, just like, how did I get here? I need to run yes. so much. Yeah. It's so hot here. Or uh, beagles. Oh, for a like while, how beagles to take are, care of your oh, dog. Man. Yeah. No, they get the dog because they like the way they look. look. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And then they're like, "Why? Why is this beagle so loud in this house?" And you're like, "Because it needs it's to be beagle. It needs to be chasing animals Shit in the day. woods, letting you know where it's at. Right. That's why it's loud. See, that's so why you can mutts- go shoot the thing it found. Yeah. It shouldn't be in an apartment on Kuahanga. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Respect to the pronunciation. Thank you. Kahuenga. Uh, um, anyway, Caitlin, we're going to get to know you even better. Uh, but let's preview a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. Uh, just talking about college campuses are the new malls. You know what I mean? We're already broke when we leave college campuses, <laughs> so why not throw more money away while you're there just trying to educate yourself to compete in this modern workplace when it's all an illusion anyway? But look, that's a whole other podcast. Um, also, we're going to just take a second to tell the New York Times, come the fuck on. What is Ugh. going on on your front page? Do you not do you not read the world events? Anyway, that's a whole other part. Then just a discussion on the GOP and their inability to recognize that something isn't working and trying to fix it. It's more just like, oh, there's a wall. Let's hit the accelerator harder and then maybe we'll break it down rather than just destroying the car we're in. It's like um, they learned from the Democrats and it is an impressive lesson to learn. Yeah. But- uh, different problems. Same, exactly. Same symptoms. Uh, yeah, Democrats are like, oh, God, should we change that? And then it's like, oh, I don't, I'm uncomfortable. Maybe we don't they don't want to change as much as they're telling us they want to change. <laughs> right. I mean, I didn't think there was anything wrong to begin with, but I guess I can hear your point here. Um, and It's then, just loud that the, it's both sides in power. Just It's people that don't want to lose their power. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's done different ways. It's just the same thing. It's like, well, I keep pushing this button, and I keep getting to do right. what I want to do. And it was on both sides. Yeah. 
Uh, luckily now, I guess the lack of empathy is starting to affect the Republican side of the equation. Maybe, maybe not, because who knows? It is a constantly evolving hellscape. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's the thing with the, the Republican. My thing is like their whole thing is fucking over their own people. <laughs> right. So you can only do that for so long before the people are like, oh, you f- before oh, they realize they got fucked. Yeah. And, and we'll get into a shelf life. To many that. people are being fucked right now by this administration. Um, and then there's a new podcast out talking about Jared and Ivanka. It's called Tabloid, The Making of Ivanka Trump. Um, but there's a lot of interesting uh, interviews in it I'm and sorry, a lot of I information. I just yawned so hard I broke my jaw. I don't know yeah. what happened. You're speaking, actually, your pronunciation's amazing for having an unhinged jaw. Yeah, it's tough and I can't see because my eyes just rolled major. back so far in my head that I can only see my own brain and it's just screaming. As uh, in it, from the D12 song, uh, Purple Hills or Purple Pills, uh, <laughs> you want to roll away like a rollerblade to your eyes roll back in your skull for days. Yes. Yeah, uh, correct. That is rest in right. peace to Proof, who I believe said that rhyme. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so anyway, in this thing, it's a lot of no shit stuff, but it's just kind of interesting when there's always things you can observe and say, of course, that's what's happening. And then when you start hearing interviews that back it up, you're like, <laughs> of course it was happening. <laughs> Um, and then also, you know, we didn't get to this yesterday, but I do want to talk, you know, there are many uh, animals in here that have been rescued. Um, and Aaron Carter, uh, he was in a little bit of hot water because people think he's flipping dogs that he rescues. It's very petty, but I just want to discuss it. And also, yo, avocados are so expensive. Some places are thinning out their guac with another ingredient. And I just want people to be aware of what's going on because these are the end days. Okay. I know. Well, I was maybe say, it was, right? I was like, yeah. <laughs> unless you can, unless it's like you're at uh, El Torito Grill or Cantina, where think, they'll make it right there, table side. I think capitalism. Is <laughs> <laughs> that capitalism is thinning out our guac. I think it is. Uh, so, off the top, Caitlin, what's something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Oh, jeez, uh, I did. Um, oh man, I have looked up so much about what dogs can and should eat. Uh, oh yeah. I've this dog eats. A whole lot of, uh, she eats, she wants a varied diet, so anything you get, she just stops eating after about the third feeding. Oh, really? Like uh, any pet food? Yes. So my search history is basically like, will my dog like this dog food, and where can I donate this dog food my dog didn't like? You can't uh, even, because you, you rotate, like once she doesn't like another, you're like, oh, I got that one for three months ago. Can oh, I there's no other have, option. But could it have been, if you just keep leaving the same food there? She would eat right. It that's what that's there what is the, the starve right? amount uh, strategy. Yeah. Yes, but you're uh, too soft for that. I am too soft yeah. for that. Yeah. It also just stops working. Uh, where she will, she'll she'll win. She'll win. She would. You think she'll just perish? She'll wither away and be like, I'm so you did. But does she win? Because she dies. No, yeah. she wouldn't <laughs> die. She'd just eat. She would never stop bitching. She would never give in. There'd be a lot of barking and slapping the bowl. She'd eat it, but it would be with protest. And that's not how I, I just don't, I'm too you, soft. Yeah, right, right. Okay, right. I think that's the, yeah, more than like, you could still just be like, you can bitch, but you, this is what we're eating. It's yeah. like, a, it's like you're, you're just like a single mother. It's true. And things have really went off the rails. And right? thinking of myself as a child and the stubborn fits I put up, like when I didn't want to eat a food, she, she learned it from watching me, but uh, I don't know how she wasn't there then, but she did. The other thing I guess was, it's kind of revealing is that, uh, I do have saved in my phone an embryo comparison chart just mm-hmm. because of the number of times I have discussed the fact that all embryos of all creatures look pretty much the same at some stage of development and felt the need to prove it by showing people in chart form. Um, and so what kind of conversation was this born out of? Oh, man, it's always like, you know, just high enough to get into my, you know, theories that are that seem to matter at the time. Right, right. Or like, you know, it like feels like enough of a mind blowing fact. Yeah. Right. No, we. I mean, and then we oh, that we're all much... one and connected. Yeah, there's yes, there's that, yeah. but it's it's always some discussion about animals and how alike to animals we right. are, and like we're so alike to animals that well, we to me, it's exactly like, the same at early stages in our development. But I agree with that. But I think for humans, we're so much like animals because we're all mimics. As a species, we hmm. just look at other things and copy them so well. Uh-huh. That's where we've developed a lot of our our because I just think we're aliens. I think everything's an. A- this is usually how the conversation. This is okay, this I answers like this. your question. Uh-huh. Is the conversation gets started like that? Yeah, I, I basically think we're aliens. Think what do you think, Caitlin? We're just <laughs> sacks of meat that carry around the forty germ cells that determine 
what uh, there's 40 germ cells that basically tr- uh, determine what your junk is going to be, which to me matters because like that's setting up to make the next generation. And those are viral germ cells. They are not of us. They are not of here. Um, oh, yeah. And we are the meat sacks that carry them to, around. Right? Yes. I remember this. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I probably it's this is how it comes up uh, enough. But it is the uh, what was the podcast again? It's Radio Labs Gonads series. That's the what first it was. episode yep. in it. Um, but yeah, the the embryo comparison chart is some evidence to just like, oh, there's a bunch of germs that just recreate sacks to live in. Is that every And that's sing- what we're here. Yeah. yeah, that's... How many different species am I looking at right Across there? the top is fish, salamander, tortoise, chicken, pig, cow, rabbit, and human. And they are essentially just oh, all... Oh, man. We're exactly all just weird seahorses with a chihuahua It's a little H.R. Yeah. Geiger alien twist. It's kind of... Yeah. yeah, it looks a bit like a chestburster. Yeah, and if you um, break it down even smaller, we're mm-hmm. like these little tiny cells and atoms that oh, yeah. are in like carbon based and shit. Yeah, like that. Yeah. You want to go yeah. really far? We it's ain't the from same, here. Yeah, yeah, it's the same fucking thing. We are sex like, that carry around the stuff that ain't from here. But we're I how think, they live here. Mm-hmm. But I think like the where the like human and we love to personify animals a lot too. I think that I mean, mm-hmm. there's some comedians that's their whole thing is yeah. just personifying an animal. Uh, oh, which I'll I still think laugh is, at Jim Brewer's goat it's boy. It's fucking funny as yeah. shit. Uh, Wait, are there people still doing bits like that? Oh, yeah. Oh. Is someone doing a 2019 goat boy? Uh, I mean, I I'm, heard I'm one sure last if, night. Yeah, yeah I'm I sure. look like a bird. Got, like, <laughs> you laugh it? at the dumb bird. Uh, <laughs> what have I done a couple, I'm sure. I mean, most of Gaffigan's stuff, mm-hmm. and I love oh, yeah. Gaffigan, is Noble personifying lady. things that don't have a personality. Sure. Yeah. Yes. That's what he does. Yes. Uh not to break it down, but he's genius. Yeah. But that is, it's very funny the way he does it. But that's, I think that's... <laughs> that comes from that. We're all connected. And I think, and also what, we have an overwhelmingly amount of uh, similar genetic material in common oh, with yeah. most oh, yeah. animals anyway, where it's like, it only varies at these like very specific points. Anyway, so we're all one and we're all on Molly right yeah, now. Yeah, and I will show you on my phone. At, with very little provocation, in fact, I have the tab open ready to show <laughs> right, you always, yeah. how alike we are. I guess that's sort of revealing. Yeah, but that's a good place to come from. Uh, what's something that's overrated? Uh, heartless nostalgia. I'm so okay. weirded out uh, by the... Uh, I mean, I myself am wearing throwback Reeboks currently. I have a old-timey diner shirt on. Uh like I get well, it. Well, Cantor's Deli gets respect in this office. Yes, you know Cantor's I mean? Deli it's not a should throwback. Get... It's still going on. It's still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but these Cantor's sneakers are, are coming around again. Yes, these are replicated. Your sneaker, 80s that's, sneakers. Your sneakers more accurate than the shirt. The shirt, yes, because the, the shirt's shirt. still kind of the same fucking place it's always been. But exactly. Yeah. So, it, so I suppose that's true. It's not throwing back to anything. I just mean like having movie theaters have exactly the same titles as in 1993. The like predatory nostalgia where it's just like, oh, you're 35 plus now. So things from 20 years ago are now in a market that you can buy again. So we're going to sell you Trapper Keepers. Yeah, right. And Shit you couldn't afford. Hyper color t-shirts. Power. Exactly. Well, and Sugar yes. Ray and all this band yes. is going to tour on this big tour. Yeah, yeah. it hurts Wait, yeah. my brain. Yeah. Sugar Ray is what? It's uh, like when they like putting salt and pepper with all those nineties. Is that a tour? When they happened? tried to do Little Wayne and uh, Blink One Eighty Two, yeah, that story. did not yes. go well. Yeah, no. but exactly because it's not true nostalgia. It's not right. true like feeling. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was like a, a pure horrible... cash grab. It's like yeah. I think we can turn out enough people if we put Blink One Eighty Two and Lil Wayne on the same bill. Yes, they both both bands play guitar equally as well. Uh, so yes. maybe it makes sense. I and they like love... skateboarding for some reason. <laughs> also, That's Lil the Wayne's only thing I could tie in to them being together. I was like, skateboards? Well, he yeah. almost, I don't know. <laughs> he almost quit like the third show. Yes. Because he was like, I've this never seen a crowd I've like this. I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, he was yeah. like, this is not my crowd. Uh-oh. And yeah, he's he such an artist, he just said it. Yeah. Right. Yes. I think that's the thing. It's like, Lil Wayne is an artist where it's like, as soon as he felt that it was in front of 20,000 yeah, he people, like, he's like, I'm sorry. a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> and then the next day, someone showed him the numbers. He's like, hey, we're still going to do it. Yay. Hey, man, you know, had a, had a rough night, but I'm back, baby. <laughs> Wheezy F Baby is in the building. Um, for another week or so yeah, before un- I leave the building again. Yeah, until th- I really realize that cash can't fill every void. Well, in it's my what soul. I understand exactly what you're saying. It's frustrating because it's uh, Stuart Lee. Do you know that comedian from the yeah. UK? Yes. He's brilliant. He has this little small part about he's like, I like finding records, old records. I like the hunt. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, you can go online and find this one. He was like, nah. that's not no, what. That's not the point. Yeah. But it's that's what they're doing. Yes. Is they're, they're madmening. That feeling of finding something in an antique store or at a flea market where you're like, yeah. oh, that He-Man. 
oh, that makes me think of the when I was two or something, you know? Definitely. And instead of just like, they're manufacturing that feeling Yes, for us. there's that packaged feeling, yes. most certainly. There's also like watching Aladdin, The Lion King, and all these Disney movies come <laughs> right. out and not make a splash is this other thing where like what you liked was good enough and you don't have to try to like anything else. Like, forget going to the movies to see an original story. Go see the same thing, but just a little tiny touch different. Right. Like, well, they know that people. But they will, did make they money, a, though. A in all fairness, money. they did make a splash. Well, Disney's whole yes, thing has always been Disney manipulation. Whether or not Disney made money, yeah, but they, uh, yes, Disney. All entertainment you, is yeah. manipulation. Uh, not all nostalgia is bad. Uh, but when nostalgia is only manipulative. Right. That's bad. No, I agree. But no, I think I Disney's you. thing is like even before the Lion King stuff, they were not they would put Cinderella the cartoon on the shelf right. for 20 yes. years and then bring it out again on VHS or then right. let it sit for, you know, put it out for 6 months. So finally it's back. We yes. can buy it finally. That is and manufactured then, entertainment and true nostalgia. That's what that they're totally doing. Works. What's the yeah. thing that but, you, what's the thing you've been suckered into where the predatory so put, nostalgia got you and you're like, "Damn it, they got me. They knew exactly what it was." Oh man, I don't know. It probably happens more than I care to admit. Oh, I <laughs> bought a bag of Cheetos because the bag was the same Retro. as the old bag. Of <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that'll it works. I'm not it I know what I'm doing, though. I'm of also course, buying Cheetos. Course. It's but, the yeah. same poison uh, in a different. But I just more. I like to. I want to know, like in your brain, like what that thing was. Where they're like, you yes. know what? I like that old Cheeto. Bag. That got me. It did get me. Yes. What about you, Billy? It just. Ah, uh, I'm trying to. Oh, the last one that only it was when I was still drinking soda was uh, Mountain Dew came out with the old uh, design, which is that hillbilly or whatever, and but they're kick was it had real sugar yeah. in it. Right, right, right. So then I was like, oh shit. That's yeah. the thing I'm, I'm always a sugar, like a, a sucker for when the soda's like, with sugar? I'm like, hell Hello. yes. I don't even drink fucking soda, but I'm no. like, suddenly I love fucking Pepsi throwback. Because <laughs> it makes you high. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. Exactly. Um, what is something that's underrated? Uh, eating alone. Mm. Eat alone all the time. Oh, I totally agree. It's the fucking God, best. It weirds the... me out when people are like, I can't, ooh, oh, I couldn't. We're people like, will look at me. Like, what are you? No. You're like, where are you going? Right? Like, oh, I'm gonna go get some meat. You're like, you want company? You're like, no. no, 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 no. I'm just no, no. gonna go eat. And they're like, are you okay? And you're like, oh, I'm great. Yes. <laughs> I eat alone mostly at home sometimes when I'm cooking, and Her Majesty's at work still. But I don't actually. I can't. The last time I was in a restaurant by myself was probably, oh, you know, in Japan actually uh, a while back. In I was Japan, gonna say travel they have does like, it. Yeah. A lot of people eat by themselves in Japan. And it's they have restaurants that are sort of set up that way, right? For like one person to one look at person, a wall, you can yes, read your yeah. your manga or your look on your phone or whatever. Do you look at your phone? Do you read a book? What do you do? Are you just there? Depends on where I'm at. Down? Yeah. If it's like a people watching place, uh, I'll sit there and eat for a long time. And just I don't stare. like to work in public. That's strange. Like my wife oh, likes not, okay. to go to like a coffee shop that's busy, mm-hmm. and people are coming in and out. And she's like, "I like to work there." I'm like, "I would get nothing done." <laughs> just, I, just too much distraction. I need to watch what everyone's doing. I mean, right. there's a reason I'm thinking I'm I'm I lean to, to being a comedian is because I'm already watching people. Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, like, and then some places. Yeah, you're just reading. Yeah. <laughs> well, Caitlin, if they're for listeners out there who might not be uh, open to having a, a dinner alone or a meal alone, sell them on it. Oh, uh, the pleasure, <laughs> the relaxation. Uh, if you're worried about that feeling that like it's noticeable, it just isn't. Yeah, I've never Nobody been like Nobody cares. <laughs> no server is going to be like, oh, is your you're eating coming? alone. <laughs> right. On the, does that hurt your heart? <laughs> on Nobody's going to. You get whatever you want. Uh, yeah, I think it's just, uh, you never have to, especially if you're hungry, uh, waiting for someone is just, uh, yeah. it's ter- it's the worst. Or like waiting in between bites to like talk. Sometimes like, let's just eat this shit yeah, can and then we, we just, talk after. Yes. When it like eating is also a physical function that you need. Right. So enjoy it. Relax. Don't compromise in any part of it and just have it all oh, your little own. Fuck the formality. And what's a myth? What's a myth? What's something people get wrong? That you uh, pip them to the truth. Save it for a rainy day. Spend it, baby. The world's over. And once it's raining that hard, money ain't going to matter. Hell Yeah. Spend you it all. You think that's a myth? What? Saving for a rainy day. You think saving for a rainy day is a myth? No, I just had to think of something. And oh, that okay. had, I had a fun quippy thing for it. Oh, because well, I mean, <laughs> Damn, I, oh, is that how you feel? Like well, no, I just think I'm just curious. Like that, I, I wasn't mad or anything. No, I'm just no. more curious. Like the thought process would have been like, 
I, I think as comedians, we definitely think that way, especially early in our career where it's like we have to just take anything we can give right. and just put sure. it right back into it. But then I also think like we, me and my friend Matt call it crying in the shower mm-hmm. when you're just crying in the shower in a hotel room because you're like, the math doesn't work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that is a different problem. Yes, yes. I mean, aside from the existential crisis of a comedian who you've never heard of and therefore I have money that I have never heard of, uh, I'm, what I'm talking about is rainy day. Sure. I'm, let's, let's key in on that one word in what I have declared to be a myth. Uh-huh. Like, if we're really talking, I, I'm, gonna, I'm applying the, the catastrophic uh, Your meaning rainy day to is rain. an apocalypse. Yeah, I'm talking about like climate change, rainy day. <laughs> you mean someone unplugs electricity, that kind of Yes, thing. that you. kind of rainy day. I mean that in the horrors that are coming, your money will not save you. Wow. So have fun while we got fun to have. Take oh, like the illusion of what our money yes. is. So when oh, it right. comes, like yes. the only thing that will matter is the knowledge and ability you have. When we live in Waterworld and we're all Kevin Costner drinking our own pee, it won't. your interest rate isn't going to matter. And we're all Here's speaking Portuguese. Right. My only advice to that would be collect gold. Yeah. Because that will be the like that will actually still be worse. I didn't understand I that for so long. Like I, uh, I thought humans were dumb because we liked shiny gold. <laughs> yeah, no. But I didn't understand that gold is right in the middle of the periodic table of elements. It's just rare enough to be found everywhere, but hard enough to be fi- find to be rare. It's uh, on a short list of things that isn't a vapor, isn't toxic, is malleable. Yep. Uh, it has a natural intrinsic value right. that right. I had. It conducts. It, before. it conducts well, think, electricity. Yeah. It does a lot of. Interesting. That rainy day sort of idea, too, is sort of built on this, like, deferred gratification thing of, like, well, toil now and you can be happy later. Right. Or this idea that, like, right now, like, you might, you know, save it up or, you know, defer that gratification for later because you never know what's going to happen. And I think that's the other thing we kind of get wrong is, like, we need to be happy right now. Right. Well, it's you an know, agriculture Not necessarily thing. a function of it comes economy from either. But an yeah. agriculture where it's like, yo, you need to save – because yes, we're feasting right now, but right. because yeah, the be crops, famine. yes, shit could come and we don't yeah, have this. It's like, I think that's where it comes from. And now we have a plethora of all the shit. Right. So, so much shit, it's going to kill us. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. And of course, save your actual money. Of course, I'm not saying go spend your, I'm just saying metaphorically. Sure. But I when think- life, it, like when it really becomes a rainy day, all that shit you saved isn't what you actually You better need. bought a boat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, I got three Vizios. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, well. You should have bought. Can three those boats. float? <laughs> yeah, I think the other thing. I think yeah, there was um. What the fuck was the book called? It's it's a it's a a book by I forget one of the people who works in a positive psychology. You know, like not looking at uh, all of the uh the ills of like our mental health, but the ways we can sort of hypercharge our psych our psychology for good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the one of the biggest things is like this fallacy that people think when you're successful, you're happy, versus that most. Many successful people are happy first, and that was the sort of uh, the the environment in which their success grew out of. Yeah. Versus like this idea of like, well, fuck, when I'm successful, then I'll be happy. And they're like, no, 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 nope. you're energetically putting the cart in f- directly in front of the horse. Yes. Yeah. No, it's that. Uh, well, they say too, like people when they get famous, they just become an exaggerated version of who they were before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it really is true. I know people that were miserable before they got famous, and now they're just. Even a more, bigger kind of miserable. Yes, yeah. right. and then the people that were happy before, and now they have all the stuff, and they're like super happy. Right. So I think that is very true. Like it's a decision you make every morning when you wake up. Get happy, y'all. All right. With that, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Break it. And we're back. And really quickly, um, there was an article in BuzzFeed. That was talking about the future of malls might be on college campuses, uh, which is so fucking amazing. So, so American that I can't believe it. Um, we've talked in the past about how the traditional mall is dying because of e-commerce and the fact that the just general brokenness of these newer generations, ourselves included. Um, but the way retailers are kind of, you know, finding a way to survive, it's just Go right to the doorstep of these broke ass kids, which is on a college campus or right in or around a college campus in the city. And so 
a lot like these are the new hot locations for you know trying to form consumption habits in these young adults very early. So you have like Target, Urban Outfitters, even fucking Lululemon, and building debt while you do it. Of course, exactly. Yeah, the credit card applications are right, right in there. the stand. Well, outside. and they know yeah. that you've got free money because you've taken mm-hmm. out these loans at. To get into this school, so you got most of that money is to live on. It's not even to for the tuition, right? So then you can spend all this money. It's not yours. You're going to pay back it anyway, but give it to us for now. And then what they've also done is they've looked at airports and they're like, where are people trapped? (laughs) Yeah, and then they're like, oh, let's create a mall in the airport. And that's what most airports are are malls now. That Harley Davidson store at LAX not doing too well. Good. I'm just certain, but there are certain ones because it's not in the Southwest terminal. Do you have you seen any? Why would you not? Why would you have you seen any (laughs) thriving though, like airport stores? Uh, Chick fil A, no, 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 like a retail (laughs) or retail operation. Uh, yeah, that uh, the one Hudson News, baby. Well, I was gonna say Hudson News, and then the one that has all the headphones and stuff. That one's they keep oh, yeah, popping up. Oh my god, I was I had to get a fucking uh, charging cable. They uh-huh. fucking got you by the yeah. fucking yeah. balls and gametes in yeah, this and motherfucker. Then they, they pull that that charging cable tighter and they just rip your balls off. Exactly. Snapped yeah, right off. After you paid them for it. Exactly. They said, you want a receipt? I said, yes. He snatched my sack off like a paper towel and handed it to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, I digress. The, the thing that's interesting is like a lot of the data, though, that especially Target has been looking at is that like, wait a second, these smaller format stores are performing very well. They have one... They had their first small format store near the University of uh, Minnesota in 2014. And since then, 98 small of these like mini targets, I think they're like city targets, they call them around here. Mm -hmm. Um, 26 of them are near college or university campuses. And they just say like it, the customers shop more frequently because it's like the selection is smaller, but they're always going to get their, the things they need there because they have just enough selection where a lot of the students like, well, it's close and it has most of what I need. And it's kind of cheap. And it's big. It's a big Walgreens. Yeah. They also don't have money or time to go anywhere else. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing is that USC. They have time. They've, <laughs> they've completely turned USC like into like the Americana. Well, not the Americana, but like they've they've converted the village. Um, you into, can't like, compare USC to any other university. I know, but of course, that's what I'm saying. I'm about to rain on them, and I'm going to get some hate mail for no reason. Not uh, worth engaging. I mean, I think most USC students who are reasonable and know what the legacy of USC is can know that it's a rich kid school yeah, where yeah, they just yeah. out young Republicans. That's, yes. That's fine. Yes. And, and some great film school talents, too. And for kids overseas whose parents own industries. Exactly. They can come get a degree. Exactly. They, they don't really need because they've already... They already know what they're going to do. Right. And at the USC one, it's like, you know, a lot of people are like, yo, you're just gentrifying this area what much quicker. And they're like, well, no, we're going to like 30% of the people we hire will be low income. And then we're also going to prioritize <laughs> okay. people within a five mile radius. Of course, 30% of the people you hire are going to be low income. 30% of the people you hire clean up shit and right. you treat them like they have no dignity. Well, yeah. but I use that stat though. And that I know, sounds I know. good. Yes. No, but I mean, that's yes. like the thing. It's like <laughs> loophole. <laughs> we already do. Um, and yeah, I think. The, the other criticism, too, is like some students who aren't as privileged as the other ones, maybe your typical SC student, um, are saying like, I, I don't have money to ch- like shop at some of these retailers. Like these aren't really necessarily for college students. But again, you know. Yeah. It's for rich kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's for like, it's weird. Like, I remember, didn't you have a meal plan when you went to school? Yeah. You had a meal plan. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I walked to that USC one because you there's an Amazon store you can drop stuff off. Right. And return it. It's a nightmare to get to. I oh, only yeah. did it once. Yes. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is a trap. not worth returning. This no. is how they get you. Yes. Yeah. I'm now yeah. keeping this shoe that yes. doesn't fit. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but there's a Trader I guess Joe's I can wear there. Two right shoes. Yes. <laughs> so many restaurants in on the campus that I was like, oh, this is. I never. Maybe once a week I would go to a restaurant that I worked at. Right. Right. Because I was getting. I was like, this is this is rich kid shit. Yeah, I mean, I, unless you're eating, you'll usually eat at the cafeteria, like the the meal hall or dining hall rather, or like the myriad of like broke kid restaurants that are set up for like you got four bucks. Yeah. Okay, this is what we got. Yeah, yeah here's you know some I mean? Chinese food buffet that we've right. had on this display for since you've been in college. Right. Since you were in junior high. Yes. <laughs> also, R.I.P. Your blood pressure because yeah. this is just basically sodium with. Colors oh, it. all you eat in college is just sodium. Is salt in yeah. various packages. And, oh, that Mulaney joke where he's like, I didn't drink water once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like, I would be like, man, look at that hippie with their Nalgene in class. I'm like, I'm still drinking 
I always just assumed there was liquor in that when people yeah. did that. It was like, it was like, was like not at vodka? Humboldt State University. That was a, a tried and true. Nalgene's were an essential fashion accessory. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Well, uh, crunchy up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, okay, moving on. Oh, North on. Face was the oh. only brand that mattered. I do think there's a future for malls. And it, it does make sense not just for economic reasons, but colleges are set up to be malls in the traditional yeah. definition, not of commerce, but of a place of open-air walking from one function to the next, right. uh, which is what a mall is theoretically supposed to be. Uh, like, the guy who f- made malls, the mm-hmm. original founder of Glenn malls. Mall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Glenn Mall. Glenn, yeah, it is he like did something grew in. Uh, there is like an architect that made the first malls, and they were these, they were kind of designed to trap you in them, but also to make you interact with people. Victor, uh, did you say Victor Gruen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what we've done with the mall, his idea, is turn it upside down and ruin it. And he just would have hated the malls that became malls yeah. of, the, of current times, which kind of cracked me up. And this is a little closer to what malls well, were. Well, he died because in 1980. Because you walk there. Like, the store becomes a part of your community because they fit, blend it in with the architecture yes. and with everything else. So Trader Joe's isn't a standalone entity in your mind. Trader Joe's is part, uh, it's seamed into your where you live, where you study, where you work, mm-hmm. and where you eat. It, I mean, it's sort of predatory, and it sort of makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah. Well, Trader Joe's is actually trying to be part of a community. And yes, not take Lululemon over isn't. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a different company. Yeah, I agree They're like, we changed saying. our name because we thought Asian people couldn't say it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Wow. Yeah, when you, I, I thought that was a joke, and oh, then you I read articles it? about it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, but... Uh, those that active wear feels really great. Oh That's man, I just really got the joke too. I yeah. just said it in my head where I was like, and they said it out loud. As huh? my mother would say it, rururemon. And and it, those noises sound funny. When yep. you, say the, the, you know what I mean? Those noises. <laughs> yeah, are, man, got them. All right, let's sell uh, some yoga mats. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> now let's talk about another business that doesn't have their shit together. Uh, the what what does what the New York Times call themselves? The paper of record. Or prestige journalism. Anyway, they are having a real hard time telling people what is happening on Earth in general. Yeah, they can't. The, uh, earlier, think... there was an op-ed like after the shootings that said, you know, what for white nationalists who agree with the ideology but don't like the violence, they should talk to their other people. Like, what? They were like sort of saying that white nationalists need to self-police. Cut to... Uh, when Trump gave that really empty uh, gesture of a, a like unity speech, I guess it was just a teleprompter where he didn't even mm-hmm. know the difference between Dayton and Toledo, Ohio. Yeah, um, that one was the first yeah. uh, cover or the first front page headline read: "Trump urges unity versus racism." It's not a great way to word that. Um, wow, you mean guy who is whose fiery rhetoric is inspiring this kind of violence? Um, but you know he's saying, but guys, it's I, I don't like I don't like white supremacy. It's bad. So I guess that's him urging unity, or I guess he used words that technically could be defined as that, but completely missing the point about what this president means to uh, many of these white nationalists. Um, and well, then, that's his base. Yeah. Well, then then they once enough people were like, "What the fuck is this headline? Like, how could you even act as if the, this this president is leading the country in any direction but south?" Um, then there was like. Assailing hate, but not guns. Okay. Uh, I don't, okay. I feel like, and I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here a little bit, because I feel like the way the newspapers and media works now is you have to, they don't know how to engage interaction. So a lot of it's this disingenuous thing where it's like the guy being like, here's how you save money not tipping. And knowing, yeah. knowing that the most of the world would be like, let's burn the whole thing down right. because of that. <laughs> so I think they are, they put these op-eds in there to fire people up because they know when they do that, they look at these, these stats, these We're, analytics that say, hey, when we, the, when we say this crazy shit, the money thing goes up. Right. I mean, that aside, I think the front page isn't an op-ed. And my biggest criticism with the New York Times right now is based on this headline, which obscures the actual reality of what the country is in right now. To say that the Trump that the president was urging unity is not true. I think he disingenuously uh, tried to come off as an uh, empathetic leader, 
and failed terribly. Yeah. And I think this, for anyone who isn't quite, you know, as engaged with the news, they'll read that and be like, oh, I guess the president, okay, so I guess he's urging unity versus racism, rather than Trump is encouraging racism versus unity. It's also just framing the language, which every mm-hmm. good tyrant does, which uh, when Trump says he opposes white supremacy, that's because he's already given you a whole language that means that, that isn't those words. Mm-hmm. Because his base knows that those words are the bad words that you're not supposed to be or say, but you can say immigration, you can say infestation, Invasion. you can say go back home, you can yes. say lock them up, you can say all of that stuff to mean the same thing. So he's just parroting back like, no, 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 kids, we're still not, ha ha, we're still not Nazis, but yes, we can have detention centers and yes, we can have, right. you know, it's, uh, it's... It's those assholes. That, and it's, okay, here's an example of where I learned it a long time ago, that the terminology, get, getting rid of words, will never make it go away. Mm-hmm. Because I was, I went to see this guy I went to high school with, he worked on a farm, and we are him and these guys lived together, we were young, and I went to drink with them all weekend. They kept talking about seeing these Canadians, there were a bunch of Canadians there, blah, blah. And it, at first I was like, that's weird that they hate these Canadians the way they're saying it. Come to find out, they were just talking about black people. And they were saying Canadians instead of the N-word because they knew that they couldn't say that anymore. And ah. once I, I mean, it took me a day and a half to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, also because we were in Missouri. Right. So it was like, there might have been like four black people that they saw right. in this fucking farm town. So it made me, like, that's when I realized like, oh, they're just going to, they could say concrete or whatever word. Right. That well, they, yeah. It's just the hate that comes with it. And that's what he's doing. He, like, he can just say, like, like, like you said, like, it's just immigration or, you know, it's like. It's that dog whistle. Baby. I it's mean, me it's saying the word. I have a bit about this in my act. It's like me. My wife is Jewish. Me saying that with my accent. Some people cringe because <laughs> right. it sounds hateful. Because the people that have said Jew with my accent have said it in a hateful way for years. Right. Uh So it's just a, it's, and they don't know how to frame it either. I think that's Oh, I think they do. I think that's my problem with the New York Times. They think they've always been, um, for a paper of record, they are a white ass record. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I was poking around on my phone trying to find some of their uh, historic headlines that make this headline no surprise. And because this one's making so much noise, it's a little harder to find. But let's not forget hits like Negro cocaine fiends are a new Southern menace. Murder and insanity increasing among lower class blacks because they have taken to sniffing since deprived of whiskey by prohibition. Oof. This and is turn of the century. Yeah. <laughs> but it reads like, I mean, go to the 80s and you're looking at the same headlines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like exactly the same headlines. Right. They've been politicizing issues. This paper in particular politicizes uh, social and racial issues in the worst frames possible and they have for a long time and it's a very weird white tradition where like we're not racist so nothing can be racist so we're going to figure out how this isn't about race or racism and the new york times during this time frame of uh, a turn of the century last century uh during this negro cocaine fiends article Mm -hmm. craze was running articles about how war veterans are um the like suffering because of their post-war injuries uh, what they were taking for those post-war injuries was cocaine, and they were losing their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. It was prescribed. It was in the Sears Robot catalog. It was it just ugly. It does make you feel good everywhere. when you take it. Yes, of course it, it does. does. It, it most does. certainly it does. It makes you feel really good. But it comes with this other <laughs> host of problems that we couldn't blame on veterans, so we only looked at the problems when they happened sure. to people who weren't white veterans, right. and then we made them criminals. Right. And we, like, it's... Um, it's wealthy liberals is who we're talking about. It is exactly wealthy liberals. And it doing uh, we're doing the same thing by letting Trump take the language of, uh, you know, he can say he's not white supremacist because the New York Times will print his, his opinions about immigration as if it's news that isn't racist. Right. That's like, uh, this is what he said, rather yes. than this president has unacceptable views it's that society and it's, it's an old trick to sell papers is constant conflict. And even when there's not conflict, they create it to sell papers. This is a bizarre. What an era to think that there's that you have to manufacture conflict in. But right. that's what Imagine I'm saying. Imagine being that a journalist whatever, in this in this time and saying you got to make something. But up. they're not 
the, we're not talking about actual journalists mm-hmm. when we're talking about like there, there are real journalists. I mean, there are to their credit, there are some good journalists at the New York Times. Yes, but, but as that's a, not who we're talking yeah, exactly. about. That's right. the right. frustrating part. We're going to have a longer discussion about this headline than we did about the story the New York Times wrote about Donald Trump's financial history, right. revealing the dirty tricks he's been up to with his family since he was literally three years old and mm-hmm. was given a trust. But there's like, no conflict there because it's just yes. fact. That's a rich guy story. It's well, and it's fact. Yeah. It's just a fact that we all go, yep, but <laughs> how do we stop it? They've got to stop talking like this mm-hmm. so dumb people don't understand. We need to start communicating. And that, that's part of what you're saying with the New York Times is like my thing with them is like any – it's the same as wealthy liberals. It's like when I moved to Seattle, I thought, oh, cool, I'm going to this bastion of progressiveness, and right. I come from this little town – in East Tennessee, and then I get there, and I'm like, "Where the fuck is all the black people?" Yeah, go right, right, right. Yes, you know, and you're like, "Oh, like, oh, they a- live in a different part of town." You're like, "Oh," and then you hear like people that are liberal or whatever call the black part of town the ghetto, and you're like, "That's not a ghetto. Yeah, right. right. That's where black people live. That's a neighborhood." But yeah. that's I the, can yeah. show you a ghetto. Yeah. yeah. The well, yeah, because again, even like you were saying, there's not a we haven't had a reckoning with the racism of this country, America. Like you know, I was saying this yesterday gold medal in deluding ourselves that we never did anything wrong ever and we're it's so incredible. innocent and we're amazing so racism Santa Monica. us it's Santa Monica <laughs> right yeah no exactly 100%. and it's one of the li- most liberal cities in the world you and know. it's also a hotbed for young fascists yes ah well let's talk um, you know speaking of inability to hold themselves accountable the GOP is just doing a great job of that um I, I guess they didn't learn their lesson from the absolute thrashing they got in the midterms um over their inability to just read the general vibe of the country and what people want um you know so right now in the wake of the shootings people are asking for they're clamoring they're literally saying do something uh screaming that at legislators to do something about gun control and to take white nationalism seriously as a actual domestic terror threat. Um, and the GOP, they're doing not that much. A lot of empty words. Lindsey Graham was like, yeah, we could, I could back a red flag bill, but also said maybe states should handle that problem first, and then we can do something at a national level. That is not book. a response, right? And it just— It's a playbook. It's a yeah, playbook. No, 100%. But again— when you look at the midterms, there were people who won swing districts on gun control. You know what I mean? And a lot of people are like, that ain't, that's not going to work. But I, okay, here's district. my thought on this because I do like strategy and I enjoy that stuff. I think this group of quote unquote GOP that we're talking about, they don't give a shit what their constituents think. I think that they're, there's some weird coup being planned. The way it's all this weird audition, like all these these congressional hearings and when they, you know, I like beer, that that's all auditioning. Like Lindsey Graham saying in those speeches that Jordan dude from Ohio, it's some kind of fascist uh, theater. So mm-hmm. when something happens, they don't care if they get elected anymore or not. I don't think that's the way they're viewing this. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in power forever. Like they, they have that. And I don't like saying that. But that's the only thing that lines up. Well, especially, well, I mean, there's... Strategically. Well, when you think about this, (laughs) when, like, Ted Cruz is like, we need to make anti-fascists a terrorist group. Exactly. So if a group that is anti-fascist is illegal and is a terrorist group, that would indicate that perhaps the government itself is a fascist government. It's just a little bit fascist. Yep. So, Uh, you know, but again, when you take those things into account, but I think also at the moment, right, there still are, there is an ability still to possibly participate in a some kind of representative democracy here uh, with voting. But I do I do agree that they, they do have this attitude. It's like, well, we got this other card we can play. Yeah. And we, we're not going to play it yet. But like there is this really eerie calm. And it's, it's either they feel like they have another card they can play or it's just this inability to actually see what else is going on too because things are changing rapidly. I, don't, I think they don't think the American public will protest and walk out of their jobs if they take power. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I hope they're wrong, but I understand that bet that they're betting on. Mm-hmm. That people are just get yeah, complacent enough to be like, well, yeah, is the Wi-Fi working? Yeah, hmm. yeah, and the Knicks are still playing. Yes, huh. yes, maybe we'll see. But yeah, I mean that that's there's obviously I mean we've already been slow boiling to this point when you yes. just think of everything that's been happening. Um, and again. 
just to go along with it now, too, even people who are within the party who are speaking out against the GOP, like Republicans themselves, they're just going after them. So in Nebraska, the Republican Party called for a state senator, John McAllister, to just re-register as a Democrat because he got some attention on Sunday after he's saying the Republican Party, this is a quote, is enabling white supremacy in our country. As a lifelong Republican, it pains me to say this, but it's the truth. So they're like, oh, you know what? Why don't you just change your, uh, why don't you just change to Democrat then? If you're going to talk like that, rather than, you know, engaging, saying, yeah, maybe this is a thing because this is someone who is somewhat reasonable and looking at objectively what's going on, saying this is not a good look. McAllister at that point just said he would like love to do it because he uh, he would be able to tell his constituents the truth <laughs> for huh. once. So, hmm. Um, yeah. And he basically said that a lot of the activity in the Republican Party described it, quote, as obvious racist and immoral activity inside our party. And then this is what's happening. So now they're screaming out the people who are trying to uh, bring reason into the party. But I guess that's part of this evolution that's happening. It's like, well, hold on, man. We already took the fucking mask off. We already know this is what it is. So if you if you have a problem with racism, then go be a Democrat. That is the message. You know which what I mean? It's an insane message to put forward. Like, yeah. you know, blind it, pride in your party is one thing, but like. Oh, you don't like racism? Go to the other side then. That's a, it. Is a how dare you de- how dare you state. describe our party with accuracy? Get the fuck out. I'm not trying to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Snooze the fuck out on that one, please. Um and then also, um you also look at sort of what's happening in Texas too. You know, there was a shooting in El Paso. And there's this in, you know, I think Trump could be visiting today or tomorrow. There's a lot of hesitation because they're like, uh, you're the it's precisely because of the way you're speaking and the person's manifesto is echoing Literally your words. Literally quoting you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't, we don't really want you here. Um, but there's a lot of uh, fear on the right about where Texas is headed because, A, we've talked about this in the past, but if Texas, you know, as it goes from red to now it's starting to get purplish, the second it goes to blue and you look at all the states that are locked in as blue states, there is no path to 270 electoral votes for the Republicans at that point. There just aren't. And that's an existential threat that they're having to really look at because they've been very rigid in their policies and slowly as everything they've else They've also evolves, underestimated how, how, how strong a woman is in Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've went after women right. in Texas more than a lot of other places in the South. But what they don't understand is women control that household. Whether those men act like it or not, women control that household. I mean, some and of the most memorable Texas leaders and Richard, yeah, some fucking some badass. boss ass ladies. Yes. And I, I mean, I go to Texas quite a bit. It's one of my, I will never live there, uh, but the spirit there is contagious, and I love it. Uh, but I understand it mm-hmm. to a certain degree, and it's like the South too. Is like these motherfuckers going to push and push, and these women will take a lot. Because they always have, and they've been taught how to. Right. Um, but there's a point, mm-hmm. and they've reached it. Mm-hmm. And then there's this new generation below these uh, women that aren't married and don't give a fuck. Right. But they've got that same spirit, and that's scary. Yeah. And I'm very attracted to that type of woman. That's who I'm sexually attracted to is a, a little pushback. That's the reason I married a little Jewish woman. Mm-hmm. That's my Get type. Get your face, yeah. I, I need someone to tell me, shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah. now, because I won't. <laughs> uh, but that's Someone says, shut the fuck up, that's foreplay. It's... She's got the right spunk, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Man. Yeah, mm. depending on what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, and how I'm acting. <laughs> For sure it is. And it's also this thing of like, Texans also recognize an enemy, the true enemy. Mm-hmm. And for a while, they were scared because they could they politicized some immigrants coming up and causing some problems. Now, mm-hmm. it was cartel shit, and they made it seem like it was normal shit. That's a political move they did. But Texans are smart, and that's why they're so armed. It was a lot of people that went there because they like fighting. And then they're like, hey, there's a lot of space. Let's hang out here. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but they can recognize that, oh, the true enemy now is not these poor people who've been helping us farm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's these crazy motherfuckers. Right, right, right. Who we've been kind of backing because they scared us into thinking they were taking our guns and shit. Right. But they're starting, it's starting to come around generationally yeah. too. 
And I mean, since Texas also, they have the nation's fastest growing cities, that means the suburbs are also swelling. Yeah. And the suburbs are all voting in a very similar way, which is they are going, they're moving blue. Yeah. And that's why even donors, right? So there's um, Dan Eberhardt, who is, you know, a donor, oil gas executive, who said straight up, he's like, Republicans are going to be extinct in the suburbs if they don't distance themselves from the NRA. The GOP needs to put forth solutions to help eradicate this gun violence epidemic. This is from a Trump-supporting oil and gas man who is saying, like, I know what the fuck is going on. Like, if you don't sort this shit out, I don't know who the fuck— you, You're going to have to create bots to vote for you, which they might do. Well, they already but, done that. Um, and again— the same uh, donor saying needs to make a lot of moves like universal background checks, loopholes. Like this is all coming from, you know, these donors, the people who are backing it financially. And to then follow that up again, he says, otherwise, Republicans are going to lose suburban voters just like they did in the midterms on health care. So they're in a, a bit of a tough spot. But again, I don't know the way I'm looking at it, it's either they're going to not change or maybe there's this weird Trump card, <laughs> pun intended, that we don't know about. <laughs> well, they'll cheat. I yeah, I mean they're, they're trying. I mean, I th- think that's the that's that's the attitude. I think they're really taking it's more just than fuck it. The courts, the courts, pack the courts, fucking gerrymander the fuck out of this. Gerrymander, place. we will prevent people. That's been their move. They've been setting this up since they declared abortion a political issue. They've been setting up how to gain power in the '60s. They've started gerrymandering there. They started figuring out how the and the Democrats don't because they're not. And it's just a like I think it's a core people foundation issue is like and the good thing is like i think there's more people that lean left in the world than lean right it's mm-hmm. just the people that lean hard right are super fucking motivated right it's like evangelical fanatical religious people they're very motivated they're the loudest and they're not going to chill out and be like you want to go to the park and just smoke some weed and play with our dogs. <laughs> right, They're like, right. no, let's we gotta figure let's, out what the fuck we're gonna do. Let's figure out how to manipulate the system so that we gain all the power. Right, and it's like it's we just need more motivated, good time people. <laughs> <laughs> it's two Legalized forces weed. on. So left and right have competing forces. If the good natured side of both left and right. Uh, it, conservative and liberal, whatever labels fucking apply anymore, I don't know or care. But the the fundamental fight is between self-preservation and altruism. Two natural forces that drive us, two necessary forces, uh, two forces that need balance in order to be effective. You have to preserve yourself. You have to take care mm-hmm. of your own being so that you can take care of others, even if you want it. You, you know, the two work together. Uh, and more traditionally, a conservative philosophy sort of says that if you and yours are okay, then you will be able to move through the world without causing harm. Whereas, you know, whatever the liberal side sort of believes is like, well, if we all take care and are, you know, invested in one another, then we'll all be able to move through okay. Right. Positive forces. Each one of those sides has a negative force as well that wants to take and control that. We've enjoyed brief stints in our history uh, where there were sort of polite leaders who had that more, I don't know, the light side of conservatism and liberalism. Uh, We've had those leaders at the helm. And right now we have... Balance. uh, You're talking about balance. I am talking about a balance. Yeah. That's the idea. But with a philosophical intent. and, And we have a different philosophical intent that's predatory. And honestly... It's so easy to say Democrats can't don't are spineless and don't stand up to the Republicans, um, but that's a. I think we're missing a split where um, right now there isn't a predatory arm that's very alive in liberal politics, and conservative politics do have a predatory arm that's alive, and it's eating up all the conservatives. Actual conservatives are drowning. The people who just think. That if we take good care of ourselves, we can take good care of others, have no place in the Republican Party currently. Mm-hmm. It's being devoured by horrible predators. Right. And I mean, I, yeah, it is hard to watch. It's a shame because I do believe as a, a way too liberal person that there's a necessary balance that I'm interested in a conservative counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not it. And they're gone. And there's no home for them in their party. Welcome right. to our side. Come on over. Come we on need over. you over well, here, the, I guess. The, yeah, the Here's weird thing about the conservatives... At this point, because the way I've always understood it and the way I've always liked to look at it is like people change and uh, ideas change. And that's why liberalism can kind of 
change mm-hmm. and will always progress because our understanding and our world is always progressing. Where conservative is, you know, it's usually a policy thing. And I think you're totally right, where it's not about policy difference anymore. Like most conservatives I knew growing up were just more like numbers never change business. And you're like, like you're saying, like I take care of my own. I've always had a problem with that to a certain degree because I, I like to go where it's the leave on home way of thinking. Like you take what you need and you leave the rest. Yeah. Where a lot of. Keep con- what you got or keep what you need. Uh- Give what you got, keep what you need. Mm-hmm. Sorry, God. Well, that's the thing is like they're not – it became more greedy, 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 and it became less about policy and more about like you got to get yours at any cost. And I think that came from the 80s is when that was really sparked, is when that corporate puppet – and that's what he is. Re- Ronald Reagan was a corporate – he was a fucking shield before mm-hmm. he was a politician. That's why he was an actor. He was just a – Commercial actor is what he mostly was. It was a bag of flesh that you could needed to say what it had to. And he was good at saying stuff. Mm-hmm. I would admit that. He's great to listen to. Great orator. Um, but that greed, we, we stopped sending all our most talented, smartest people to learn how to better humanity and reward them for it. And we sent them to Wall Street because that's where all the money is. Mm-hmm. That's where all the power is. That's, and it's been that for 40 years, and now we're reaping that. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, maybe there'll be bright days ahead, but we won't know until after this commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. And very quickly, I just want to touch on um, Aaron Carter. He's got a little bit. Party starter. Aaron Carter party starter. Sorry, Darren. (laughs) <laughs> he is in a little bit of hot water because apparently he went to go rescue a bulldog and then uh this like this rescue uh facility was like oh we're so happy aaron carter gave this new dog a forever home like you know please send us pictures he went on instagram live like a i don't know maybe a day or two later maybe that day and was talking like this is my new dog check it out you know hopefully um i'll be able to keep it you know i don't know if i'll be able to you know if i might be on the road or whatever but if i can't keep it you know uh, I, I, I can sell him for $3,500 and, you know, he's a good dog and hopefully I can be able to keep him. But, you know, if, um, if you want, like, if I'm not able to, maybe for $3,500, you could buy him DM me. And then people were like, hold the fuck on. Is Aaron Carter just flipping this rescue dog for money? And is this something he's doing? <laughs> I hope so. He comes out with a tweet, um, that says, I think it's appalling that I actually even have to explain myself. I've rescued many dogs and found many dogs' homes. What I said in my Instagram live video was a joke. Find one dog that I adopted and sold for money. Be my guest. Won't happen. I'm a good person, and I deserve respect. <laughs> um, sure, it could be a joke. <laughs> but when you when you say the price many times and not like, ha, 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 like, and you're trying to create a logical reason as to why you could sell the dog... Um, it's, it's, I'm failing to see the joke. Now you two are very familiar with jokes. Uh, you do them professionally. Here's the thing. I don't like defending Aaron Carter. I don't, (laughs) I didn't come here to be in that position. (laughs) No, I hear you. But this isn't that cut and dry. He said it was like, he was asking 3,500 for the bulldog. Yeah. That's a lot for a bulldog. You can get a puppy for 1,500, which is a lot for a dog period. Yeah. But you 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 can get a brand new puppy for 1500 that's why i think he's joking i don't think he's a comedian i think that's part of the problem when people like him or pretty women or <laughs> athletes think they're funny it's because their fans laugh at them because they didn't I'm right act- here billy i'm, I'm sorry Caitlin. i know <laughs> but do you understand what i'm saying where it's like these guys think they're funny because all these fans laugh at them when they do something silly. Yeah. So their idea of a joke isn't It's like, a, when I just say something that I don't mean, yes. that's a joke. Yes. That's very funny. Yes. Uh, and not actually jokes. Uh, right. No, it's it, a lie. It, does, it is. It's an alarming in your defense when you're like, show me a dog that I've adopted that I, that I didn't keep. Find a picture of one of the dogs I adopted but didn't keep. Go <laughs> right. ahead, find the evidence. Like you it won't does find suggest it. Yeah. that maybe there are some dogs you adopted that you didn't keep. 
Um, and if it was a joke or something, I mean, again, maybe a lot of people respond very viscerally to things on the internet sure. and they feel they have to defend themselves. If it was, in fact, a joke and you've never done that, you might not even dignify that shit with a response. Be like, dude, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Like, even then, because in your mind is like, this is going to go nowhere because I've never sold a dog. So there's no way they could even follow this up aside from just me saying that. We're also talking about a guy who was a pop star when he was like 12. Yeah. So his brain isn't. I think what we're, we're also trying, lot. We're trying to put Aaron normal Carter stuff in his needs brain. $3,500. I think that's what we're discovering. I feel the like. the implication of like, I got a dog yesterday, but who knows? I could be on the road is like, you'd know. You'd know <laughs> right, right. when and where. And yet, theoretically, you could be doing a state fair somewhere, Aaron Carter, but I'm going to guess you might not get $3,500. Right, right, right. I bet he does. I, I bet know. he gets $3,500. Uh, Do bet. you think, yeah, what, what, what did you say for uh If he's doing a state venues, fair? Do you think Aaron Carter's doing state fairs? No. Am I underestimating his appeal or overestimating? I can tell you where, I can tell you where he's going to be. He's going to be at the... Don't lie. Indiana State Fair. Oh, yes. On August 9th. Got it. Yeah. Uh, then the Capitol Theater in Flint, Michigan. Uh, and then some other oh, stuff, that's, too. That's mean. Flint deserves better. Well, no, it, it's a mid market, and I think that's what it's getting. That's fair. Uh, and I think he's getting probably at least fifteen or $20,000. You think fifty To yeah. do a state? What about yeah. for a state fair? Yes. That's free admission, though. Yes, but it's not free admission. It's to free admission to the concert. Sure. Yeah, oh, and it costs in. money yeah. to get into the fair, and then they're making uh, like I just know some people that have done that fair circuit. Mm -hmm. It's a lot it's of check. it's a lot. Of, there's a reason they do yeah, it. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. It's a ton of fucking money for one show. Well, Zeit Gang, if you have insider information on the financial situations of state fairs, please let us know because I, I really want to go to a state fair actually very soon. I worked at a county fair for a number of years. I can't give you any state fair secrets. Uh, see, like that Minnesota. <laughs> but I can say the county fair is a hustle. They make a lot of money. They make a ton of they money or they wouldn't money. do it every year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anywhere where it's deep fried hell, just take me there. Um, okay. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for being with us What a today. treat it was. Um, you're going on the road soon, right? I am. Tell uh, people where they can find you and follow you and see you yes, live. please. Zeit Gang, I have uh, so many shows coming up all over the West. Don't worry, East Coast. I'm coming soon. But if you're in the Bay Area, August 15th through 17th, I'm all over Santa Cruz, San Francisco, Petaluma. And then I head north. If you're in Eureka, come see me the 22nd. If you are in uh, Salem, Oregon, come see me on the 23rd. After that, I'm in Portland on the 28th. What's up, Helium? I need all the Zeit Gang in Seattle to swarm on Fremont Abbey on the 30th. That's me and Jackie Cation. That is going to be an awesome show. Yeah. Uh, and then I head mm -hmm. out to Boise, Idaho for the 208 Comedy Fest. If you're in Boise, come. It's going to be super fun. And then I am in Denver right before High Plains for a High Plains preview show uh, at the at uh, at High Dive. So nice. Denver buddies, please come out. And then back to the to L.A. Oh, I know there's Zeitgang in Colorado. September yeah. 22nd at Dynasty Typewriter. I would like to see Zeitgang everywhere. I will be, of course, selling uh, my brand new album, Major, um, after the shows. But I am mainly there to give high fives. So please come high my five. There and you go. tell me that you are uh, a Zeitgang-er. And I would be delighted. Delighted to see your sweet faces. Uh, Billy, what about you? Where can people find you, follow you, support you, love you, uh, see if you? If you at Billy Wayne Davis on Twitter or Instagram, that's usually the ones I keep up with. And then uh, all my tour dates are at bwdtour.com. And I will be, I was a consultant, creative consultant, because that's it's a fancy word for writer when they can't pay you like a writer. Mm -hmm. uh, on the new season of Squid Billies that comes out next week. Nice. And I'm doing some voices on some episodes that we haven't recorded yet. Oh shit! Well, keep it's your fun ears when they're like, open. they're like, oh, it's coming out next week. Also, we're gonna do some episodes in three weeks, and you're like, what? Oh, what? I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to ask. Caitlin, is yes. there a tweet that you're liking? Some, oh, man. Something you read. You're like, hey. Uh, hilarious good buddy Kevin O'Shea uh, tweeted out. Uh, um, I took a picture of it so I could get it right. I'm going to open it up. But I remember it. Uh, this is a Kevin O'Shea tweet. Uh, comedians in cars picking up their 17-year-old girlfriends from high school. <laughs> oh man, that is accurate. Uh, yeah. It is Jerry. accurate. Uh, comedians in Porsches picking up their seven. I think that was picking up their girlfriends at a park. Yeah, yes. I believe is the story of that one. Uh, what about you, Billy? I mean, I've got to just give it out to 
the man that replied to Jason Isbell with the the legitimate question about gun control, what are you going to do when 30 to 50 feral hogs <laughs> are coming at your children mm-hmm. while they're playing in the yard? In three to five minutes. Yep. That is maybe, it may be the best tweet of all time. Yeah. It's a great response, man. It's, it I mean, set off, it became like, it overtook Twitter comedy culture yesterday. Everything became feral hog. And world. I couldn't. Normally, I hate when that happens. Yeah, but, but some of these are tickling me. Well, yesterday it was just like this is the funnest thing I've ever seen. Who's this? Is from uh, the Dan Stringer. Take me down to the Paradise City where the hogs are feral in the thirty-two fifty. <laughs> yeah, there's a few That's great ones. Perfect. That is a pretty great one. Thirty to fifty feral hogs. That would be at this time of year in this part of the country. Localized entirely within your yard. That's for my Simpsons fans. Well, that's it's okay. The answer is landmines. They do go get feral. It is the thing that happens, and there are like packs of them. There's Mm -hmm. never thirty to fifty. Maybe where the reason. Well, the reason I know this is because my truly conservative friend, who's not a dingbat, he's just a conservative person. He and I, and he can he'll admit when things are crazy. He's not tribal about stuff. Yeah. And we were talking about AR-15s, mm-hmm. and he was a Marine, mm-hmm. and he was like, I was like, when do we need one? When did he, and he's like, I can't answer that. Two, three days later, he sent me an article. He's like, I found a reason why we actually would need one. <laughs> and it's like in the middle of Texas in these huge ranches. Right. That these hogs get loose, and they become packs, and then they just kind of fuck up stuff. Right. So they go in helicopters with machine guns, and they take care of them. But they're out in the middle of nowhere, right? Right. And right. they're messing up land. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you, we should. You should have a machine gun, but there should also be a crazy permit, like to go kill a grizzly bear, right. where you have to get that gun, or there's like, you have to hire the national guard to right. go do it for you. They're like, sir, I think you have an AR. Are you hog certified? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. you like a feral hog, hog permit. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, that's fine, and it should be really fucking hard to get. Oh boy, man! I wish that there was 30 to a 50 great tweet. Uh, the, or it's not a tweet. It's a, a video that uh, I retweeted from YouTube. Somebody took uh, MIA song. What's the uh, goddammit? Yes, paper planes. That's MIA, yeah. Uh, and Diplo. Thank you, MIA and Diplo. Credit to both. Um, and replaced all the gunshots with musket shots. Uh, you know the chorus, and you know it's gunshots, and you know how fast, boom, yeah, it's just bang, 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 right right in a row. When you replace them all with musket shots, the song is 12 minutes long. Oh, so they do the, to actually prime it, get the wadding in. Exactly, all I (laughs) want to do is bang. (laughs) You know, pebbles go in, hit it, hit it, ram on down with a stick, re-aim, boom. Pebbles go in, <laughs> ram it down with the stick, reaching, boom! It's the best, and it is—it's the best argument for gun control Amazing. I have ever heard. There is no better argument you need. Uh, you can find me and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. A tweet I like is from Rachel Senat. At Rachel Senat says, "If I wasn't a successful actress, then how would I have this tote bag that says HBO?" Yeah, <laughs> just uh, everyone in the Southern California area. Uh, you can find the Daily Zeitgeist at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We got a Facebook fan page. We got a, I think a website actually, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Oh, thank you. Uh, where we post those and our songs that we write out on uh, this day. Today will be a track by Bugseed, and it's called Chapter. And it's just like you know, a little sample-based hip hop. Just uh, easy listening. Just keep it, you know, find some balance. You know, what I mean? we all need. It's all about balance right now. Um, so ride out on that, and we will see you tomorrow because it is a daily show. And don't forget, this show is a production of iHeartRadio. And if you want more, check out the iHeartRadio app or the Apple Music app or wherever you get your podcasts. But just keep on getting. And please leave a review, please. It helps us out a lot. All right, until then, we love you. God bless you, and good night, or good afternoon, or good morning. Bye. Bye.